0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kalen Wojcik, and today we have a special guest, Mr. Eric Cortina, on board to discuss a whole bunch of different topics but mainly we focused on just discovering a little bit more about who Eric Cortina is, learning a little bit more about his background, how he got started in shooting, and the conversation dives into some methodologies and thought processes on how we look at our system, Or our circle of components, as we call it at Modern Day Sniper. And Eric starts to go into a little bit of a discussion towards the end of the episode about barrel tuners. And no podcast with Eric would be complete without discussing that very contentious topic. And so with that being said, we all know that there is a bunch of controversy circulating our industry with the subject of barrel tuners and whether or not they actually work or whether they don't work. And in this episode, we dig in a little bit and talk about some of the aspects of what causes us to say they work or don't work so we hope you guys enjoy the show and as you guys all know the drill keep your face on the gun and thanks for listening well what's what's been going on with eric what's up oh man uh just uh
1: living the life you know uh been uh as you probably know oh about two years ago i decided to retired from construction, which had been my life
0: yeah okay so that's good I'm, I'm glad you said that because I don't know much about your history prior to shooting
1: yeah so i was uh I was a general contractor okay and I had a I had a pretty massive company okay and uh it was just nothing but stress it was great it was fun uh but you know it got it got real big to the point that what I enjoyed doing, I no longer got to do. It was just all about managing people, right. which, uh, I enjoyed building. And, um, uh, you know, my wife was also in the business and we were just, I don't know. It just seemed like we were stressed out all the time. And we, uh, I read a quote that really hit home that said we were so poor that all we had was money. Ooh, and that's a good one. That's a good one. And I, and I started really thinking about it and, uh, Anyway, all at the same time, you know, my, I was always trying to find time to go shoot, or and and that hardly happened anymore. And anyway, so my wife asked me one day, "What would you do if you were retired?" I said, "I'd go shoot. I teach people. I I do more in the guns industry. Mm-hmm. You know, just that's that's really what I want to do." So, long story short, I you know I released the tuner break, and uh, the uh, you know the tuner business was doing okay. I mean, it wasn't doing great, but it was, it was, it was something that I thought, you know what? I told her, I said, you know, we, we don't need that much money. Let's just, let's just reevaluate our lives. And what if we just quit building and pretty much retire? you know, just, you know, we, we live pretty, 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 I don't know. We don't live a very extravagant life mm-hmm. and I said, you know, it's let's let's trade for some peace of mind and some low-stress life. So, uh we decided to do that and I told her I said, you know what? I'm going to buy a, a a lathe and I'm put it in the shop in the back and you know, I'll just make little parts here and there just for s- some supplemental income. Well, then never realized that would take off like it has. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you asked for. Yeah. Uh but you know, and I started teaching on my website, you know, teaching uh people reloading, wind reading, pretty much as much as I know. And uh, you know, it started with Patreon and then I moved over to my website because Patreon it's uh it's great. It was a it was a stepping stone, but they also have very stringent rules like you can't do giveaways. You literally yeah. cannot even do a giveaway. You there's so much in, you know much less giveaway anything gun related, right? right. So um uh, I decided, you know what, I I'm done living this way. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved over and I i you know the whole time I was on Patreon I, I uh I was having somebody build a website with a membership forum and uh once we had it going it's uh you know I moved Pretty much, pretty much everybody to there, and uh, that's where I teach. You know, that's where I hang out. That's where people ask me questions, and that's pretty much where I'm accessible. So, yeah, if you're trying to reach me anywhere else, and I can be reached, that's why because I'm taking care of those people on the forum. Sure, and, and that's you
0: know. a that's something to be said because with you know the year 2023 now, how many messaging platforms are out there? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like how many how many ways can people? connect with, with people nowadays, you know, you got Facebook messenger, WhatsApp, text messages, Instagram, you know, you have email, then you have whatever, so whatever messaging platform that you have within your own platform that you built. <clears throat> we have something similar. Um, and it's a, it's a company called the mighty network and my wife found it. Uh, through one of the classes the online classes that she took um she likes to uh she likes to study psychology in her off time and so one of these psychology classes was hosted on this network and we were at that point in time trying to search for you know we had um we had master classes that we'd come out with and, and we, and, and, and it was really tough because we were trying to build something that had a community and we didn't want to do it on Facebook. Um, most certainly not. And we were, we're a firearms training company and that requires, you know, specific, um, I guess, points of attention when it comes to sharing content from that platform and uh, of that nature. And so, uh, the mighty network, the CEO of mighty network, um, I had a direct line to my wife Cassandra and I and she said I really think that this is this is going to be what we're looking for cuz it's um, it's designed more for online learning um, and it's very customizable it's it's an awesome platform and I told her I said look before we sink everything into this we need to make sure that they're going to be cool with what it is that we are or who we are and what it is that we do And um, I just composed an email and I said, can you send this to the CEO? And I shot it off to her. And um, basically I said, Hey, like, this is who we are. And given the current state of affairs with regard to, you know, um, political correctness in the world, whatever it is that you particularly want to call it, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to take a ton of effort into this and then just have you guys figure out what, what it is that we are later on down the road and then just shut us off. And she came back with a really, really simple response and she said, Are you going to break any laws? And I said, No. And she said, You're fine. I don't care what you do. And I was like, Perfect. This is exactly what <laughs> yeah. I want. And that's how we built it on that, on that platform. And and you're right, man. Like I've listened to you on YouTube and um our YouTube channel is not nearly as as large as yours at this point, and so you know having those um, those concerns and 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 having to like figure out how to speak so that way you don't get flagged, that's tough, man. That's that's super. That's crazy. Well,
1: you probably see you probably seen my what I call it a boomstick yeah, yeah. or a freedom, yeah. freedom freedom, freedom seeds, seeds or or things of that nature. I don't know if you saw that video that I did where I took I was watering plants and i called the my watering jug i called it an ar15 and and uh, we had just bailed some hay out in the front uh in my front field and i was calling those revolvers and oh, wow. and you know I and i that. had a sprinkler i had a sprinkler you know and i'm just literally walking around my my yard and i'm going oh look at, check out my machine gun and this is the sprinkler going off you know right uh but i was what i was doing is i was testing Testing the AI. this is what i do right i was testing and i was testing the the uh the youtube engine Mm -hmm. whatever they do ai engine sure enough video got flagged immediately got demonetized Uh, and i wasn't doing anything but saying those flag those those words right and uh you know it's just one of those things that i did because i thought well maybe it's just a a a myth and maybe nothing maybe maybe the keyword is demonetized and when you say we don't want to get demonetized boom you get demonetized i don't know so i tested that and sure enough it was uh those words those triggered, words. whatever it is yeah. that gets triggered.
0: Well, um, so before we digress too much into technology and all that stuff, so um, can so you were a general contractor and did you do um, residential? Did you do commercial?
1: I did. I did. Originally, I did both because I was a concrete contractor. Okay. Uh, I mean it all started back when I was ranching you know mm-hmm. and and I grew up ranching and I started building fences and learn how to weld and you know it's just this big journey yeah. but uh, it ended up as me being a concrete contractor cool and I did that for 15 years and that, that I was doing residential and commercial and I was you know I grew that company pretty big and then uh, I had a customer whom I done concrete work for and she wanted a home built and these were these were homes that uh that were Pretty much a metal building, what you would think of a metal building, and um, and she won, and they were calling on barn dominiums, you know. Okay. And um, she said, "I want you to build my house," and I said, "I don't, I don't, I don't build I homes. I don't build homes. I do concrete." And, and I said, "I do concrete." She <laughs> goes, "Well, I I heard that you're gonna do your own house." I said, "I am gonna build my own barn dominion, but you know, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna dive in and figure it out." And she says, "Well." I know you care. Just knowing you, I know you care, and I know whatever it is that you're gonna do is gonna be quality. So, I want you to build my house. Right. <laughs> and I thought you really want me to be. You want me. You want your house to be the first one I ever built. She goes, Yeah. I just. <laughs> she goes, I just know that you're gonna do a good job. I That's said,
0: awesome, man. That's great.
1: So I built. I built her home, and uh, that turned into, a, you know, pretty large company that uh, we built about fifteen. 15 homes a year awesome and these were big homes like big homes and uh but anyway yeah it turned into something pretty big and uh you know i, I finally got to the point where i had to decide whether we had to double in size or or scale back yeah. and uh because we were just we we're so busy and we, we just needed to do more mm-hmm. and i just didn't want to do more of that it was just too stressful so decided i told my wife you know what it's uh Let's call it quits. Let's uh, let's just let's just have have our life back. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy the kids. Uh, you know, I was never home, just never right. home. And I said, this sucks. I don't want to do this no more. And uh, yeah, I said uh, I'm gonna start teaching online and just have a little income from YouTube or social media and you know my website, whatever. And then you know to to supplement that income, I'll I'll, I'll buy a lathe and then I'll just do you know tuners and you know, all these other tools that I use on, on my reloading room that I have developed for myself. I right. said, so I'm going to release those. And, uh, you know, and then that'll that'll be something. I said, and if if that's not enough, I'll figure something else out. I, I just, you know, and uh, anyway, so the, the whole tuner thing blew up. And now I have two machines. I have to, I've expanded the shop. And I have yet to release those tools that I was meant to release. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But they're coming. They're coming very soon, like within... Uh, I'm gonna say within two weeks or so. So all your two releasing some stuff. They're
0: all manufactured in house. Yep. Yep. That's everything. That's awesome. That's super cool. So that's how that went. And you've been shooting so talk to me about your shooting career. When did you start? Well I how how old are you, Eric? Just just out of curiosity. Well no, you asked that question. Yep, I I'm forty two. What's that? I'm forty two. You're forty two. Forty two. You're forty-two. Yeah, I
1: look this old because I was stressed. I'm telling you, the stress. I was hear killing that, me. dude.
0: I hear that. I had a. I've had a couple of. I've had the the last three years in, of of our of my family life have been a little bit um, a little bit stressful uh, on that side, and I can definitely see myself aging as a result of that. So I can I can um, I can see that. So, um, yeah. So okay. So you you're how when did I, you start? I shooting? started
1: my construction company when I was nineteen. Okay. All right yeah and I, I did you. it all the way until I was forty so what is that close to twenty years yeah that's that's and, a long uh,
0: time man that's a long time to be under the gun on a constant basis and yeah. I, I've seen some dudes in the infantry um uh, that you look at and, you know, if a guy comes into the Marine Corps or the military in general, at 17, 18 years old and they do decide to retire, they're retiring at 38, anywhere between 38 and 42, 43, depending on how long they stay in the service, whether it's 20, 25 years. And you can see it in, in guys when they retire at even 38 to 39 years old, it it takes a toll on your body. You get wrecked. And, um, and that's just the way it works and uh you can yeah, tell i
1: i you know i was pretty heavily overweight uh by you know they were talking about you know i needed high blood pressure medicine and all these things and i'm like you know at the time i was 39 right yeah that's scary man and i'm like wow like what's going on here and every time Every time I went to go see a doctor they would ask well what do you do for a living and I tell them they're like oh yeah well you need to reduce your stress and I'm like how do I do that they're like well you got to find a you way and that it. was that was the thing the the common thing that everybody would tell me you need to lower your stress mm-hmm. there was no way to do it mm-hmm. and the way to lower my stress was to go shoot yeah right group therapy yep and um anyway, so you know, it it took a while but then I finally said, you know what, it was it was a bit scary, obviously, but I was like, you know what, what the hell? Just I can always come back to build, you know. For sure. There's if I if I want yeah. to. It's it's I'm just I'm just not gonna be married to this. Uh, and I you know, and I did it and I jumped back into the gun industry. Um uh, I I don't you know, I say back, but I was never in it in a way. I mean I've been selling my tuners for a decade mm-hmm. but never actually pushed them sure you know never never took them like you would say mainstream like i have lately yeah you know
0: well all that stuff it's it's weird how like all of that stuff just starts to show up you know and if it's one of those things truly if you build something um if you build it and you have um there's uh there's like the three components um and that's something that my wife does, uh, does some business development stuff. And so does some kind of coaching for people. And the way that she put it, she said, look, you, you've got the three, you got the three main ingredients, uh, in the triangle of, of, of trying to, of building something successful. Um, you have a niche, right? You have a niche in the, in whatever space it is that you're trying to get into. Um, you have the the technical and expert background, right? You have the subject matter expert background in it. So you can speak with authority uh, and people will listen to what you have to say. And um, obviously the lived experience with that comes with the reputation. And then you also have the technology available to you to get that information out there where you need it. And once you make that trifecta happen, you and and you do it systematically, you can unleash tremendous potential. Um, and so that's exactly the same thing we did with modern day sniper. Like I, you know, I, I realized very quickly that, you know, working in the firearms industry, you deal with a lot, I mean, and it's every person, it it doesn't matter whether it's a construction industry, whether you're dealing with subcontractors or, you know, suppliers or people that really don't care about your problems. You know what I mean? They they don't really care about your problems. They care about their problems. And once I realized that it was just like, I don't really know if I'm, employable. (laughs) So it's like, I'm just going to do this on my own. Um, and it's terrifying. It's scary. And, um, you know, it's, uh, but it's also, it's also growing super fast. Um, we brought another instructor on board simply because like what you were saying, I'm looking at the calendar and, and I say, well, Hey man, there's only 24 hours in a day. And just like you said, I don't want to be away from my kid all the time. Um, I want to experience, life with him and with my wife and um I don't want to be I don't want to be on the road um sometimes it's 12 15 days a month depending on you know what you're doing with regard to training and what contracts are out there and stuff and it's just like dude that's that's hard that, that's really hard because and then when you try to accomplish things from a business perspective or running a company you know, if I'm on the road t- teaching the whole week prior to that is, um, is prepping for it, getting things ready to go, making sure that the house is good to go. And then you're teaching is the easy part. The teaching's the easy part, right? That's when you, I'm like, it's a fun part. I get to the range yeah. and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, cool. I get to, I like, everything's cool. And you know, when Philip and I travel, it's, it's, it's great because we're able to connect and we're able to, um, there's something to be said about being in person and having that in-person connection when you're trying to plan and, and be creative and, and, um, and, uh, you know, collaborate, but at the end of the training day, it's like, we're going to come home to the Airbnb and I'm going to make dinner and we're going to go to bed because it's just like we're yeah. wiped out. Um, but then I'm not answering emails. Uh, I'm not really present for that because my mind is focused on something else. And, um, And then you come back from 10 days or 12 days on the road and then you're playing catch up. And it's just like this perpetual machine that just never stops churning. And so, um, that was one of the main reasons that we wanted to take the approach on the online space because that's, you can touch so many more people that way. Um, and you can, with modern technology, as we all know, like we're here podcasting, we're talking about things and, um, like we talked about a little bit in the, in the last episode, when I record with you it, prior to this stuff, like you weren't going to get that information from people unless you were part of that crowd, unless you're part of that group. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. that's hard to do. So when did you actually start like digging in and like, when did you start shooting? And, um, cause we're, we're close to the same age and, and where, where did that passion ignite? Where did it all start?
1: well before we jump into that we, we talked about messaging and all that and, and I was gonna give this one tip to uh, to users before we move on to help them right because they like you said there's so <laughs> many different me messaging apps let me let me help you <laughs> I'm I only have a very limited amount of time to answer your questions right so if if I get to your question you know if I see like hey you have a message request okay let me open it because I usually don't have time to open those but if I do and I open it and you asked me can i ask you a question and that's all you wrote yep skip i'm going to skip over to you because you had your chance to ask the question right okay number 1 <laughs> number 2 if you do ask the question i don't need your background i don't need you know the first thing i do is i i, I look at the uh, the message and i scroll right to see how long it is yep. and i've literally had to scroll like what would be the equivalent of about three pages long of this? I'm not reading that one. Yep. So I'm skipping over that one, right? So keep it short, keep it to the point, and I will answer your question. But also try to have – I also – you know, that's the next step. And then the next one is try to give me a, a, a question that I know you, you you need help from me and not something that you can find – anywhere else right for example i you know this, this was fresh in my mind i had one yesterday last night i think i was scrolling and it said something along the lines of like hey what's uh what's a good powder for six five creedmoor it's like come on dude <laughs> that that's a google search away you know yeah so anyway th- those are the things uh, just three quick little tips uh I answer a lot of messages but there's a lot of them that get weeded out now if you want to ask a because three long three page long, message I answered those on my website cuz you know on my forum sure. people are actually paying to be there yep. so obviously I'm going to answer that question there but mm-hmm. anyway that's your uh, that's the tip of the day Yeah man
0: it's important <laughs> because you know we we say the same thing it's like okay you got to got to be respectful um granted we are in the we are in the space of providing information to people but at the same time man I mean like you said there's only so much time in a day and when you got And sometimes, guys, like not everybody's like this, but we've had like I've had people become very indignant and very like aggressive when you're like, "Hey, man, that's that's a lot," and I'm not going to respond to that in a you know in a in an Instagram message like that's and here's the tools I'm going to give you some tools that you can use to have this question answered, but it's going to take a little effort on your part. They don't want to do that; they want to hit the easy button. That's fine, but like. You know, when you're looking for subject matter experts and you're wanting their information, like, there's a reason that we pay these people. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. It's the way it works. Like you said, you want a house built, you want a concrete, you want a slab poured. Guess what, homie? <laughs> Unless you want to learn how to screed, screed mud, then you better call a contractor. So, um, wow,
1: I can't believe you called it mud. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an inside word, man. That's that's not what the most people call it cement, which is one of my pet peeves. <laughs> so mud is concrete. Yeah,
0: mud's concrete.
1: And that's what we call it in the industry, like in construction to say we're going we're gonna, to, you know, what time is the mud showing exactly. up? Exactly, what
0: time is the mud Whatever. showing up?
1: Yeah, so anyway. So, all right, now it seems like we opened this can of worms without, I didn't mean to, but um, <laughs> I had some people, not common, but I had a person message me and ask me a question. And I answered it, right? Here's the, the answer, I, I forget what they asked, but I said, here it is. Boom. Gave them the answer. I said, and if you want to know, like, the whys and the reason behind it and the whole process, here's my website. Sign up, $50 a month, and then you can get all the inside information, mm-hmm. you know. But to answer your question, here's the answer to your question, plus if you want more, right. here it is, right? And uh, then I go on Facebook, and that person had posted the exact same question. On Facebook, right? And somebody answered and they said, hey, ask Eric. He would tell you. And he goes, I did. Uh, And he told me to do X. And the guy's like, yeah, perfect. He goes, but if you want the real deep stuff, go sign up for his website, Mm -hmm. right? And then the guy whom I had just helped said, oh, F that, I ain't paying for that crap. He tried to sell me that bullshit. And I'm like, Really? I wasn't trying to sell you anything. I was just trying to tell you where to find it. Yeah. So I screenshotted that and I said I messaged him and I said, Oh, I said, So you're very thankful in private, yet you go talk shit in public. Yeah. And then he 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 replied with some BS about how Pretty much he felt like I owed him. <laughs> like he was entitled to my time, sure. right? Yeah. And he's, and then he went this big long rant about how, you know, I tried to sell him, which I didn't. I just said, here it is. If you, if you want to go deeper, sure. you know, if that's all you're looking for, mm-hmm. great. But if you want more, here it is. But then he finished with this. We're supposed to help each other. That's what the gun industry is about. Oh. And that's how I knew that he felt that I owed him. Right. You know, he felt entitled because that's what the gun is... really is. It yeah, it's it's not about guns; it's about my time. Right, right. It's it, and that yes, I help people. I've had a YouTube channel for ten years. I'm about helping people. Mm-hmm. However, there's only like you said, there's a so much across. time in a day. Yeah. Well, there's only so much time in a day, and I did help him, but you know, apparently he didn't feel like uh, it was enough. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's just all I'm saying is. Um, like you said be respectful yep. and we will help you as much as we can mm-hmm. but you know there's also a lot of paying customers that 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 we are helping as that's well right, man. right
0: so absolutely and they, there take, it is. they that's, take that's priority. my um so shooting so oh what, yeah. yeah how did I, did I start when did i start oh
1: yeah that thing oh it all started with hunting i was pretty big hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that looking back it, it wasn't that big of a deal but at the time it just felt like I was man I was so big into hunting and uh, I was invited to Colorado and uh, I was like I'm gonna get ready and I, like I'm all about preparing mm-hmm. just like you said earlier you know the, the teaching is the the fun part but all the all the work that went ahead of time is, is the hard part so I'm all about preparing so I said well I need I need an elk. Gun, right? Well, I bought a 264 Winchester Magnum, mm-hmm. and I put a Nikon scope on there with a mill Dot reticle with MOA knobs, because that's that's just the way it was. <laughs> that's how you got yep. it, yeah. And the mill why the mill Dot reticle? Because I was reading books, and the Marines—that's what they use. The Marines developed <laughs> the Mil Dot. And that's what the Marines use. And I'm like, one shot, one kill, baby. If the Marines use it, it's good enough for me. Oh yeah. And uh, and I did. I bought a Nikon scope with a mill dot reticle and I started reading about mill dots and how to measure and you know so I'd go and do all that stuff right and uh dry firing I spent a lot of time dry firing and I did all that work and then I went to Colorado and I had a I had a range finder and I had all that and they said well you know there's a sit right here typically there's a bull that they saw over there on that clearing if you see him, poke him perfect they left, and then as I, I, they left me there all by myself, I started to... I ranged it. I had a rangefinder, And uh, it was like 436 yards or something like that. And I started to panic. I started to go, holy crap. Like, can I make that shot? And I started pulling up my drop data, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's uh, one and a half mils or whatever it was. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had all this written down, you know. And... Uh, or could I just click it over? Well, that's, uh, you know, whatever the equivalent is, at like four mm-hmm. and a half or five MOA. And, you know, I had all these different <laughs> bills if I'm going to hold or MOA if I'm going to dial. And I start to panic, like not full-blown panic, but I start to really question my abilities. Yeah. And I go, what if I wound him? And it was in the evening, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to be here all night. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, and I just said, you know what, uh, I, I, when I go back, I'm going to learn how to shoot long range. Cool. And I did. Uh when I came back, I, the bull ended up never showing up, uh which is uh you know, things either happen to you or happen for you. Yeah, that's a good way of putting and it. And to me, I believe that's that happened for me. Uh the 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 reason I never saw an elk or killed an elk that hunt was because uh it was not meant to be and that's what sent me on this on this journey to really learn how to uh how to shoot long range that's awesome so i had a self imposed limit of 500 yards mm-hmm. you know because of the abilities of my rifle right it, it all it went back to energy Sure. and I, so i came back and uh i said well this 264 is not going to be enough if if i'm going to be a 500 yard shooter now right so i had that rebarreled turned into a 300 winchester magnum mm-hmm. and i started i found a local 500 yard match I asked at the uh, local gun shop and they said, uh, "They said, Oh, there's a place in New Brunswick called uh, CTSA. They shoot 500 yards. I'm like, Perfect. I showed up over there and uh, just, I emailed the guy and they said, Yeah, we're going to have a match first weekend of the month. So I go over there and I'm just there watching and then they're like, Who are you? I mean, that's a small group of people right mm-hmm. there's probably like eight or ten guys there so it was pretty obvious who the new guy was and i'm just standing there with vinyls and they said uh one a, a guy named mark farr he says he was the guy running the matches and he says you want to you want to shoot i'm like no no i'm just here to see and he's like no no you gotta shoot mm-hmm. so he's handed me a 223 uh ftr rifle full blown and he goes here you can shoot my rifle i mean this thing had a like a 2 ounce trigger and yeah. just things I've never seen my in my life. Well, the first shocker was a 223 at 500. This guy's crazy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Holy shit, that thing was hammer, man. Right. So that started to really open my eyes at, at, as to how ignorant I was about the whole ballistics and cuz you know all you read is big gun, big gun, big gun. If if you fail, get a bigger right. gun. And if you failed, well, that's because you yeah, didn't go yeah, big you enough. Bigger go counter. bigger, <laughs> and that's, that 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 two twenty three really opened my eyes to it's about the shooter. I'll, it's the shooter plays a bigger part in this whole thing than the equipment. Mm-hmm. So that's when I first had my realization about what I call software. I'm like, I need to upgrade my software. Yeah. I, all I keep thinking about is hardware. Mm-hmm. So I started to learn, and then Mark invited me to go. Well, then I start bringing my three hundred to shoot five hundred yards, right? And I'm shooting CRS, one seventy five CRS at thirty one hundred mm-hmm. off a of Harris bipod, and because that's what the Marines use, yeah. right? <laughs> <That's the lead laughs> you, you have age. to understand. You have to understand, right? To the to the civilian. Um, I do uh, v- very wannabe much want to so. be sniper, uh, and uh, but anyway, so he invites me to go shoot a thousand yards, and I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. I'm ready. I mean I have the gun. Look at the ballistic charts. It tells me that I'm gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Right? That, that's how yeah, that's how numbers, ignorant. Come on. That, that that's how ignorant I was. Or like Chris Rock would say, I was ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh we go, I shoot a thousand yards, and right there and then you know how I told you I, I was preparing, wanted to make sure everything went great. So I was like, well, I have Winchester brass, and now I'm going to shoot a 1,000 yards. I want the good stuff. So I ordered normal brass. Uh-huh. Well, normal brass came, came in 20 shot, in twenty round boxes, I think. So, I, bought, you know, it's a 60-shot match. So I ordered three of them. Because, I mean, money was very tight. Sure. Very tight back then. So I ordered three boxes. I said, that's 60. That gets me through the match. And I'll use the Winchester for ciders, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that. Right there at a thousand yards on my first thousand yard match is when I found out that different head stamps (laughs) mean different things. things. The gun will shoot differently. I'd get centered up with the Winchester and I'm like, okay, going for record. That's the thing about F class. You have oftentimes you have unlimited siders, but once you say you're going for record and you take that one shot, you are the next doesn't matter what happens, the next twenty shots are for record. Mm -hmm. So I get centered up and I tell the uh the guy scoring said, "I'm going for record," and he's like, "Okay." And I throw my normal piece of brass in there, and e- either shot very high or very low compared to mine. Not on the. Paper. And of course, I'm scratching my head, and I'm just thinking I'm just unlucky, right? So it's just that one shot. So I send another one, and same same thing. Mm-hmm. Long story short, it went pretty bad for me. My shoulder hurt real bad. At the end of the day, because it was a it was a it was a hunting rifle. It was about nine pounds off of Harris' bike, but no muscle break, no anything. Just getting crushed, and I was getting crushed. And uh, that day, I bought a six point five two eighty four F class rifle that one guy was selling. Okay, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, man.
0: So what <laughs> what year did that all transpire?
1: That was about two thousand seven, okay.
0: or so. All right, cool.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the reason I started my YouTube channel is because I would read a lot, that, you know, whatever I could get my hands on, and uh, accurate shooter was called six millimeter BR back then.
0: I remember that. Yeah.
1: So I found this six millimeter BR website, and I started. Uh, so, which is, uh, which is the thing. This rifle that I bought was a 6.5284, but it also came with another barrel that was a 6BR. Mm. And I said, What the heck is yeah, this? Right. Is this so thing? I started, and then I found 6mm six, six BR and uh, I started reading and, and finding out. And so I would read a lot of things, right? And I'd go, Okay, there it is. That makes sense. And then I'd go all in on that. And then it didn't work. Right. And then I found out that whoever posted that really we're not getting any better results than, than I ended up with. Sure. Right. And then I said, Oh crap. So not everything you read on the internet is true. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> big, big eye open. Again, that's, that,
0: that's
1: the, that's the, again, that's my software kept getting upgraded. And, uh, I said, okay, I'm just gonna do my thing. Whatever I read, I'm going to go test mm-hmm. whatever I read. And, um, uh, that's what I started. And I said, you know, I should probably put this out there for people that are like me trying to just figure it out, figure this out. And cause I couldn't find anything. I said, I'm going to go put it out there. And that's what I started doing. I started putting it out there and man, that's been over a decade ago. That's
0: awesome. Man. And
1: still going. That's a cool, it's you know? a cool journey. But back then I, I was, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I was just like, you know, and I, I was just, showing people hey, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm going to do and whatever. And, uh, you know, and now it's like people like, Oh, Eric's an expert, dude, I'm still learning. Yeah,
0: we're, we're learning all the time. Um, every time we go to an event, we learn something new and it, and we have to just, we have to be open to learning new things in order for us to, to receive it. So, I mean, you can get the, you can get the proverbial lesson a hundred times, but until you integrate the lesson and actually like, bring it to fruition in your mind then you're just going to keep getting it over and over again and you're not going to understand like where why is this why is this uh this train of of trash continue to come my way that's because you're not learning the lesson yet man and we like you you know you mentioned the whole the the whole marine corps scout sniper thing and the and the the stigma that comes with that and the title that, that you, that you hold. And I do remember like, that was what my mission in life was. Um, I was going to attain that title that was at come hell or high water. Um, and I thought that it was like magic, right? Once you get it, like, okay, well now what? I had no idea. Right. So, um, Philip was able to, uh, capture a lot of data. Um, when I was teaching, I wasn't really, kind of in that mindset of capturing all that data on what was going on with the students. It was just, my mind didn't, my mind wasn't programmed in that way. Um, but Philip captured a lot of data and he was able to, um, aggregate all that. And I don't know if he's told you this, but, um, he averaged for students that shot on the same range. Um, they have four weeks of known distance practice, right? You have four weeks of training on known distance before you actually qualify on the known distance side of the house, which is a very, very simple, probably painfully, embarrassingly simple qualification. Um, and at a thousand yards, 40% was the first round hit ratio was the first round hit percentage, 40%. And that's students that have been on the same range, shooting in the same wind conditions, same rifle, Um, most likely the same lot of ammunition and it was only 40%. And so this sounds more like one box, one kill, dude, we used, I mean, yeah, it was like, (laughs) if I let students, if I, if I gave students an opportunity to zero a rifle, um, and you didn't watch over them and manage everything they did and oh my god you'd have 40 pieces of brass laying there and no zeroed rifle <laughs> i mean like wow well and we were yeah. also using some equipment that was really difficult to use um the inertal scopes that we were using at the time were uh there was no um there was no s- set increment of adjustment in the main in the course, uh, zero adjustment. So basically you'd loosen a lock, you'd loosen a a set screw in the turret on the side of the turret, like we would normally do to float them. But now you would stick an Allen wrench into the, the screw that was directly attached to, I think it was like a five thirty second Allen wrench. And that screw was directly attached to the erector system of the scope. Wow. Yeah, dude. So (laughs) like, yeah, I mean, if you move, if you move that thing, like, literally like a 30 second of a turn some scopes it would move a half a minute wow but that same thing if i moved 30 second of a turn on another scope it would move it like three minutes and it was a nightmare it was an just imagine having 32 of those rifles on a firing line and saying okay man we're gonna get these things zeroed today okay boys like <laughs> that's the whole part goal today is getting zeroed and, so, and this is uh
1: this is something that you know. I keep talking about software, and 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 that's why I started my website, right? Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna show you everything, like literally mm-hmm. on my website. I've I've built rifles completely. I've chambered the barrel. I've showed everything, right? Because I'm like, look, I don't know where you're at in this whole learning thing, but I'm gonna show you sure. the whole thing. But people, people, the best explanation I can give: imagine one one of your legs is hardware, and the other one is software or knowledge right mm. you need you need to increment them at the same time so that you can yeah. you can advance in a straight line
0: that's a good way of looking a, a lot of it people like say
1: well I'm, i need more more hardware more hardware more hardware well imagine if you only move one leg you're just going to pivot around in circle that's right? a good point and they do that mm-hmm. and then they go ah oh, i need i need knowledge and then they they spend the next six months of their life reading and watching podcasts and and messaging people. Well, now they're doing the exact same thing, but with the other leg, right? And now they're still sitting in the same spot, turning in circles. You need to learn, get equipment, learn how to use it, go practice, go put some trigger time in. And then, you know, that's the only way you're going to really get it done.
0: I agree, man. And and it's like, we call it in, in, I started to, to talk about it in the sense of the circle of components uh, in the precision shooting system right We got a rifle uh, the rifle is obviously the barrel the barreled action and whatever method you're using to hold the rifle right was the stock or the chassis whatever it is that you have um, and then we have the optic because obviously we need to understand what the rifles capable of and we have to be we have to come to grips with what the rifles capable of I mean I've had students show up Eric with 1903 Springfields. Um, I had a guy show up with a a thirty forty Craig uh, at one class, and I had another guy show up with a three hundred three British. Um, these classic rifles, and the way that I came to the student is just like, hey, I think this is awesome that you that you're here with this, and you want to see what this thing can do. Um, and some students, it's like a more of a nostalgic connection, and uh, it's like a rifle that's been passed down from generations. And we shoot it at 100 yards, and we teach them how to actually shoot the rifle. Um, And we say, okay, well, the rifle is a two-minute gun. It's an average two-minute gun. So just understand that this you can't ask for more out of this rifle, right? So if you're going to go try to shoot that one-minute angle plate at a grand out there, you might not hit it. You know what I mean? You might not hit it. That doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just means that that particular rifle system is not capable of that task. And once we try to solidify that, we try to solidify that in the student's mind so that way they can have this peace of mind um, mentally so that way they can focus on being a good shooter, right? So then we have the rifle, then we have the optic. Obviously, that's our mechanical aiming device that we have to understand in its entirety, largely in its entirety to get it to work for us. Um, And then there's the component of the ammunition. And after the ammunition there's one last part of that circle and that's the shooter. And all of those things need to work in harmony in order for us to get the potential out of the system that it's capable of. And that's how I started kind of presenting that information and saying, Hey, okay, yeah, you can go out. Like I had a student show up to one class, um, wanted to learn long range shooting, um, successful entrepreneur owned a construction company, right. In Florida, a guy shows up to the class in this big jacked up pickup truck. And in the back of the pickup truck is just a load of boxes. And these boxes have logos on them. Akers International, Schmidt and Bender, LaRue, like all of those things, right? All the top, top shit. And he just shows up, happy-go-lucky guy. He's like super stoked. I'm here to learn how to shoot. And he's like, I have no idea what any of this stuff is. I went on the internet <laughs> and he said, that's the best shit to buy. So I bought it. And so literally, Eric, I had three, I had three AIs in boxes. I had three Schmidt and benders in boxes and I had three sets of, a guy bought a thousand rounds. He bought one of them was a 338. The other one was a 300 wind mag. Then he had a, he had one, uh, he had a 243 barrel for one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, this is perfect. We're just going to start from square one. We're going to put this gun together. We're going to fit it and we're going to use it as a training example for the rest of the class. And that guy had a blast. I mean, he had no idea what he was doing yeah. in the sense of he was like, hey, man, you want to come shoot my 338? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Sounds good. That'll that'll be fun. So it's it's cool to see that as it all comes together. <clears throat> but then looking at it from the other perspective and say, well, if that guy didn't know what he was doing, like he's got a giant pickup truck full of nothing but metal and glass that's not going to do anything for him. So it's... um the knowledge aspect and then you know you come to the practical application side of things and i think the first the first practical rifle match that i shot was in 1999 and or uh, 2000 something like that and i was just flabbergasted at that point because i thought i knew i thought i was like oh i got this little piece of paper here that says i know what i'm doing with this bolt with this bolt action rifle right yeah. so i went to a match a practical rifle match and it was a law enforcement sniper match and I got my ass handed to me. It was like, whoa, you can do this with a rifle? Holy shit. Like I need to like I need to I need to up my game. And that was what kind of propelled me on my journey yeah. to figure it out. I mean, I I taught myself how to shoot in an apple orchard back in western New York when I was like fifteen years old. Still got the same dies. I got the die right here. Wow. Yeah. 30 odd six. Just bought a Remington seven hundred. I read a bunch of books. Yep, it's an RCBS yeah, 30 man. on that,
1: six die. That was my first die. So it's it's interesting. The the and guess what? If that works for you, hammer down, man. It's it's all about yeah, your requirements, you know? Because yeah. when I was hunting deer and hogs and coyotes, it was perfectly okay. Yeah. It was when those coyotes started getting smart and I had to poke them at 300 yards that it started to get difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, so I bought a 243. And uh, Winchester sold, uh, I don't know if they still do, ballistic tips that were 55 grains for two forty three at about 4,000 feet per second. I'm like, I was all about flat shooting,
0: flat shooting, right. flat we shooting. We all were at that point. That yeah. was the, that was the well, trend. Well, that's the reason that's for two forty three,
1: That was the reason for the two sixty four with Mag. It was all about flat shooting. And then I, I don't know when, but at some point I realized that a flat shooting rifle is an oxymoron because they all drop right yep so anyway gravity works man uh that's uh i don't know it's been an interesting journey just uh you know where i was and where i am now but guess what at every point i think (laughs) there was a point in time where i was very very happy and it was when i knew very little because you know uh, just going through the process yeah it was uh i was hunting i was loading ammo I was uh I was crimping my necks. I w- I was doing it correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yep, you know just
0: according to the book.
1: According to the reloading manual and then it was when uh when I started learning about neck sizing to 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 improve your Groups and I'm like, hell yeah, that makes sense. It's Non-proving it's a, mirror, groups. Let's it's do a it. mirror image of my, hell yeah, that's that brass can be a mirror image of my chamber. That makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started neck sizing and it was amazing and this and that and the other. And then uh, I go on a hunt. A friend of mine invites me on a hunt and I go. And uh, uh, when it was time to go, I couldn't even chamber the round. I couldn't chamber oh, a single no. one of my fabulous neck size rounds in the, in my chamber. Oh, no. Yeah, so there I was, the guy that was always talking about shooting and trying to be the trying to give everybody else advice on how to shoot long range and all that. Couldn't even chamber around this master hand loader, you know. And that was a Crow. very embarrassing moment for me. But at the same time, again, happens to you or happens for you, and right. and that's that's, that's when that. I said, okay, so uh, I uh, started experimenting with full-length sizing. But, you know, I said, what if I only bump it a minimal amount? You mm-hmm. know, let's say about 1,000s. Well, one thousand sometimes was tight, sometimes it wasn't. So 2,000s, I said, that's good enough. And 2,000s, if you open your calipers, it's next to nothing. Right. And guess what? My groups didn't change. But now I could reliably feed and extract my rounds. Yeah. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is the way to go. Well, then, you know, look at it now. Like... Hardly anybody's neck sizing anymore, but you know these these are the things that are that again happens for you or happens to you, and and if you think about it that way,
0: it helps for sure. That's a I like that because it's all your perception too, right? You can sit there and and say, oh, this happened to me, right? Well, well, let's look at it. I mean, is it a lesson? Once we step aside, and you know, a lot of people talk about. you know, leave your ego at the door. And that just doesn't work. Like you just don't get to leave your ego. Like it comes along with you. There's, well, I, <laughs> there's if, no, you, if you do that,
1: the losses are not going to hurt enough for you to want to get better.
0: W- that's a good point. So then there's like, so there's so many layers to that as well and saying, okay, well, um, we can use this in a healthy way, or we can use this in a toxic way. Right. Um, and, uh, that's all energy, right? All that's just energy that we're trying to use and and put to use. And and like you said, we can either use it to fuel um, development, or we can use it to fuel demise. It the, the the choice is yours. Yeah. And um, you know, as you start, it's I think I try to teach students um, because you know we always have the students that um, you know that they have this such a burning desire to perform so well when they come to a class. And you got to shift that perspective and say, look, man, you're not here to perform. You're here to learn. And that's my, my job is to teach you how to do this. And there's no, there's no expectation of performance other than you being safe and you being receptive to knowledge. That's it. Like that's, that's all I got, man. And when, when we're able to. And it's not an easy thing to do, right? But when we're able to separate our our emotional attachment to the performance and start looking at the results as just data, then for me anyways, that's just the way I do it. Every time I've ever been focused on a score, I've always done very, very poorly. Yeah. I've done very poorly. When I go to matches that I really don't care about, I shoot well, and I generally will either shoot well or I will win them. But it's a it's a mental for me anyways. It's a mental state. I'm, you know, the skill aspect of it is, you know, it's kind of autopilot. And I don't want to say that from a perspective of like I'm not I'm, I don't learn anything. I'm constantly learning things. Um, in our team, uh, Philip is the is the is the driving force on the competitive side of the house, and he's more on the professional aspect of being a professional competitor. Whereas me, I look at it as more of a competition as kind of like a validation of skills. And in and through that different viewpoint, I've, a, I've been able to garner so much from learning from Philip of how he, <clears throat> of how he approaches that, because that was what he sunk his focus into where I sunk my focus into, I'm going to use these skills from the sniper's perspective. Um, and, uh, the hunter's perspective, cause I like to hunt in the mountains here in the West. And, um, that was, that's what I use my skills for. And obviously the, the, the comp- competition side of the house is, number one, it's fun. It's a blast. Um, and number two, it's just there to, it's there to validate my skills and make sure that, that I know what I'm talking about. And more along the lines too, of, of identity, a lot of people think that they want to identify their capabilities. I don't want, I, I want you to identify your capabilities, but I also want you to look at it more from the perspective of, from hunting, uh, aspect, especially out West. What are, where are your limitations? Because, your limitations is really where you need to be focused on. So that way we're not doing something stupid and foolhardy that we're going to regret later on down the road. Um, because you let your ego take the front row seat and you did something foolish that you regret. And that's really where, like, from my hunter's perspective, it's a totally different ball ga- ball game, man. Like, you know, out West and you you said you've hunted in Colorado. I make a bad shot on an animal. Um, Just a 600 yard shot here, where where in some of the areas that I hunt, like I killed a buck uh, a couple years ago, it took me five hours to get to him. Yeah. Took me five hours, right? So if I made a bad shot on that animal, you know, who knows where the hell that thing's going to be in five hours, right? So um, it's tough. It is tough. And, and you got to you. And that's part of what drives me to be a, a teacher as well Is to it, people come and they're like, hey, I don't want to do that. Or I've seen that happen before and I don't want to be that guy. I'm like, cool. Well, you came to the right place. Yeah. We're going to teach you how not to be that guy.
1: Yeah. And you guys so, are all, uh, I know for a fact you guys are always learning and you're, you're not you're not so attached to this is my way and the only way, because I know you guys are always looking for the next best thing, which is what makes you a good teacher.
0: I saw your stuff. Like when I, like I'm always searching, um, I'm always looking for things, uh, different ways of doing things. I've, I've garnered a tremendous amount of information from Sam Millard over at Panhandle Precision. Um, I've garnered a lot of information from you. Um, and you know, like that's what I did. I just jumped on internet forums and was like, Hey, I know how to shoot a 308. I know how to load a 308. Um, I know how to shoot a 300 Win Mag. I know how to load for a 300 Win Mag. But then when, you know, about that 2007, 2008 timeframe showed up and people started to dabble in the 260s and all in the 264 cartridges, it was like, okay, this is something completely new. What is all of this stuff? I got to figure this out. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and that was that was my my deal, right? Like I, I got into F-Class, you know, and I pretty much quit hunting altogether. I was all about... Mm-hmm. Shooting competition, and uh, you know, and uh, I was like, again, looking for small groups, right? How can I shrink my groups? I can mm-hmm. well, then I was reading. Remember, I told you I would read every, everything, and I started yeah. reading about Chris Long, he has this OBT optimum barrel time theory, mm-hmm. and I started reading about that. And then I, I found a, a website, Varman Al and uh yeah. started looking around that because you know i used to shoot coyotes and stuff right so i somehow i mm-hmm. i came across barman Allen, and he talks about uh barrel harmonics and this and that and i'm like man there's got to be a way to to make these things you know behave you know if you can if you you know make them make them be- behave <laughs> yeah. to my advantage yeah. mm-hmm. and uh and then uh bob green uh He was a gunsmith. Yeah, I know that name. He called me up one day, and he's like, hey, I got this thing called the barrel tuner. You want to try it? I'm like, hell yeah. What does it do? Shrink groups? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm all about it. So I tried it, but uh, it worked pretty good. I mean, it worked, but uh, it made my gun longer, meaning uh, it wouldn't fit in my case anymore. Mm -hmm. And it it just looked all kinds of ugly. And I called him up, and Bob Green was very... (laughs) <laughs> not he was not very re- receptive to criticism or change or so anyway so we got a little crossways just because i said you know this, what if you make it a different way <laughs> no <laughs> he didn't boy. like that yeah, yeah. so i said well i like this thing i'm going to i'm going to you know I, there were some things i didn't like about it so i said i'm going to it didn't have uh it didn't have marks on there so it, it made my gun longer so i couldn't remove it and put it back cuz i was just mm-hmm. scared that I, it wouldn't go back to the to the same setting, right? So, right, right. Long story short, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna make my own, and because the other thing that I did is I was trying to hide it because I didn't, you know, I was like, this is a big advantage. I, yeah, I, I, I don't want anybody to know about this. Seriously. So I was like, I know. So I, I took a barrel that I had and I I made a tuner out of it, and it's the exact same diameter as the as the barrel, right? And I turned the barrel down. And I set it back in a way that the tuner didn't make the barrel any longer, right? Okay, yeah. So it was there, but you really didn't know it was there unless you really... Looked at it. Look, It looked like a muzzle device. No, it looked like nothing because it was the exact same diameter of the barrel. Oh, So I was hiding it it in plain sight. And, uh, man, then I started doing better. I started, you know, I made the U.S. rifle team and all kinds of things with with this device, you know? But uh, awesome. a friend of mine by the name of Steve Blair, whom I met on Six Br, uh, Sleepy Gator, uh, super smart guy. He was the one helping me with the design of the tuner, and so I sent him one or two, whatever. Um, but the point is, he put on his rifle, and he's like, "This thing freaking works." So then he wants he goes and wins the California State Championship with this with this. Uh, With his tuner, right? With his rifle and obviously his abilities. You know, you can't, I'm not saying put a tuner on, then you can win championships.
0: It's it's a circle of components,
1: man. And uh, so, uh, Accurate Shooter, I think it was Accurate Shooter by then, 6BR, did did a story on him and Paul zoomed in on that picture of the tuner and he goes, oh, and Steven's using this thing, you know, called an easy tuner by Eric Cortina. And I'm like, oh no. Well, then the message, <laughs> then the messages started coming in. People wanted it. And I'm like, all right, cat's out of the bag. And people were just having great success with it. Right. So they started using it. And uh, so, you know, I, in, you know, it was 2011 or 2012 timeframe. I, I introduced uh, tuners to the F-Class world, right? And now you're going to have a hard time not seeing a f rifle or even a Benchrist rifle with a tuner, right? Well, then uh, about 2016 or so, 2017, I start uh, shooting PRS for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I took my tuner, which was inch 250. Well, now I'm trying to put it on, on an MTU barrel. Well, it's got this big shoulder. So I just put mm-hmm. a chamfer on it in the back and I tapered it to match the MTU barrel. And uh, Paul Paul uh, Reed saw it. He's the one that notice it. What is that? I said, "Oh, it's a barrel tuner." So, what does it do? And I explained it to him, and he's like, "No freaking way!" I'm like, "He goes, you're telling me I can have a trainer <laughs> and a match rifle? Like I can have the same rifle with two different <clears throat> loads?" I said, hell, you can have the same load. You know, you gotta have a good load. You know, you can't just throw anything at it. I said, but yeah. yeah, I said, you can have the same load. You can have two rifles with the same load. One's your main rifle, that's the one that shoots that load the best. And then you have your backup. If he goes down, you don't mm-hmm. have to load for two different rifles. He goes, no freaking way. I said, look, man, try it. So he tried it, and Paul became one of my biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> so he started yeah, using them and and then uh that's how I introduced tuners to PRS. Right? That's and cool. then uh other companies started popping up. I th- Aaron Hip, you had him on the on the yep. podcast. Mm-hmm. He uh he took I'm not gonna say he took my tuner, he 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 took a tuner. It looked a lot like mine, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying he copied my stuff, I'm just saying he he was uh you know, because my tuner you have to machine the barrel. Right, right. So he figured out mm-hmm. a way to put a tuner between the muscle brake and and
0: and the, and the, and the shoulder. Yeah, of the, yeah.
1: It looked a lot like mine, which a lot of people gave him crap for. Which is, listen, if he took mine and just figure out a different way to attach it, good for him. That's man to me. That's what it's all about, right? Just innovation. So good mm-hmm. for him. You know, people started calling and buying tuners for me, and then Aaron releases his. Uh, Uh, just pretty much a different way to attach a tuner and uh well now you know there's a lot of people and you know in prs and then i decided you know i'm just gonna add a tuner to a tuner muscle brake you know and that's where the tuner brake was born right and uh and then now the rimfire guys are taking my tuner that was originally designed for my f-glass rifles and they're slapping it slapping it on their Rainfire rifles, and they're having great success, right? And after about over a decade, I decided to update my design finally, and uh, that's what the we call it the V2 finally, and that's the one that has it's a spring-loaded design that has zero backlash. It's just a much better, uh, in my opinion, much better way to go about it. Uh, but yeah there's a lot of tuner manufacturers out there nowadays uh, Mm -hmm. and it's great man I I love seeing like it seems people send me this all the time right I I I don't know if I'm the biggest tuner manufacturer in the world maybe maybe not I don't know the point is people send me messages all the time did you see this guy did you see this other guy and this guy I'm like that's great dude hammer down that's great you know and they're like you know, it's like it's like as, as long as they're not ripping off my design directly, I'm okay. You know, sure. And uh, and I think it's it's great. I think it's you know why because it gets people excited about shooting. Mm-hmm. I get sure. so many messages from people that buy my tuner brakes and go, man, I just could not get this gun to behave. I just couldn't get it under one and a half MOA, and now it's. Here it is. It's like I'm shooting half a moa, and I'm super excited. Yeah. And now I'm gonna get out there now. My buddies are out there, and and you know I'm 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 winning. I, I I used to never win. Now I'm winning. Now my buddies are getting tuners, and you know it's it's a great time to uh, to be a shooter because you have yeah, all it's a these, great time to be in the all sports. these different different things, uh, and of course now the. I'm sure you've heard about the tuner controversy now. Oh man. Because <laughs> they've worked for over a decade and all of a sudden they don't work. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> it's- and I mean, look, you wanna know who the most demanding shooters are? It's gonna be your bench guys. Yeah, for sure. Those man. guys are gonna be they always F Class guys are we're pretty demanding, but bentress guys and those guys are using tuners. The smallest group ever who have been shot, from what I understand, because I'm not in the benches world,
0: which was a 0.007. Two zeros, <laughs> seven. Yeah, that's insanity. You mentioned that in the in the episode that that we did on yours. It was just like I can't even. It was shot I with a tuner. Fat of that. Okay.
1: Now, you know, and now you know all these all these conversations are popping up about probability and and group sampling and this and that and the other, and it's it's great it's great to have these conversations, but you still can't deny all the, all the championships for sure. All the champions, like all the championships that have been won. Like I can tell you, I was trying to hide it. That's how much of an advantage it was. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. When, I'm going to tell you my story about 2013 world championship. I go to the world championship, take two barrels. One of them was tuned for my rifle and I load up, I worked up all my load for that barrel. But I mm-hmm. had chambered a second barrel mm-hmm. that I had only used to fire form brass, about 100 pieces of brass. And so as I'm leaving, I look at that barrel leaning there, and I said, do I need that? I'm like, I don't need it. What, what am I going to do with it? It's got, I don't have a load for it. This load was developed for this other barrel. And I said, well, it ain't going to hurt nothing. You know, and I was driving. So I said, well, just Threw it in there. Doesn't take that much room. Well, during the nationals, my Hummer barrel that I had quit shooting. Literally, it just, it just got big. It just I couldn't do anything to mm-hmm. save it. Uh, tuner didn't do anything. Seating depth didn't do anything. This thing was just something happened. Well, guess what? The World Championships about to start, and all I have is a barrel that I know is not going to get me anywhere, and a barrel that I had no load for, but I had ammo, and I had a tuner right so I went up there in Raton. and I went to the hundred yard range and I slapped that I swapped barrels and I put the the new barrel uh on my rifle and I shot the ammo through it shot like crap turned that tuner into a shot small and I went shooting and I ended up uh I think twenty fourth in the world with with the barrel that I didn't have a load for and I actually got a medal uh nine hundred yards with that barrel uh You know, so, you know, uh, you can say that they don't work, but you cannot, (laughs) you can't take those away. You cannot take tuners away from people that are, that have been winning with them. Just, you just can't.
0: The thing, the other thing, I mean, number one, placebo is a real thing. Whether we want to admit it or not. Okay. So um, one of my main argument points with this is like, well, number one, what do you care? Why do you care? if it works for somebody and they're able to witness that war, if they're able to witness something that they perceive in their mind to be an improvement whether that be visual or through you know through an experience and then they're able to harness that power for themselves and increase their level of performance as a result regardless if the data supports it or not it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying like well that but but it doesn't perception support perception <laughs> is well but no i understand i yeah. i totally understand that but it, it, you got to look at yeah. it from the perspective so, of the shooter so
1: so here here's my thing right like like i said aaron Hip, you had him on the podcast mm-hmm. he makes tuners mhm uh Alan warner they called me one day or messaged me one day. They they, they wanted some tuners. And I said, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, like big tuners, ELR style. And I said, man, I don't, mm-hmm. I have some that I've made, but I just don't have time to make them. And they're like, well, we're on the same boat. Well, now they're making tuners. I'm not saying, all I'm saying is if Warner makes tuners, like, look, I have so yep. much respect for the Warners. Listen, man, if they make tuners, that right. if if anything, it only validates what I know because I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And if the Warners are making tuners, they mm-hmm. they and uh, again, it's 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 all I'm saying is, uh, Mark Fox, uh, he's uh, in the ELR world. He's he's uh, he makes tuners. There's so many people making tuners now, right? Now, yep. I made them. I told you why I made them. <laughs> it was such a huge advantage, and it was so much that I was trying to hide them. Uh, and it seemed like, like I said, every time I was trying to hide them, like in PRS, uh, there was a match that we used to shoot here that paid quite a bit of money. And I was hiding my tuner so much that I would keep my rifle in a, in a shooting bag until I got to the line. And that's when I would pull it out, right? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until they changed the format and they required that we put them on rifle stands. That's when Paul saw it. And I was like, crap. Mm you know and yeah. of course once gigs up buddy one yeah once you ask me i'm going to tell you the truth right and uh For sure yeah. and i told Absolutely. paul and and that's kind of how how tuners kind of blew up in the in the prs world and now the rimfire guys they're using the crap out of them because guess what you can't tune your ammo in, in rimfire you slap yeah. a tuner on there but again there's so many tuner manufacturers nowadays it's it's great you know i'm 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 glad that we're very successful doing tuners, but Mm -hmm. like I said, now, of course, is it, I don't know. It's, it's just like, and I'm going to have, I'm going to have Brian Litz on the podcast. So I don't want to talk about that too much. I I know people know about this controversy. Uh, He's a smart guy. I just, you know, and I'm not here to bash anyone. Uh, He has his methods of testing. And if he arrived at some conclusion, that's great. That's amazing, right? That that means whatever it means to you, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of trophies that say otherwise, and right. at the end of the day, like my name on the podcast, I believe the target, you know. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, I can. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm not a very smart guy. Uh, Brian is way smarter than I am, but I just know that you can't. I went out yesterday, and I tested my tuner at 1,000 yards. You know, I'm tuning a new rifle. I posted on Instagram, you know, shooting about—I had a 6-inch group at my tuner at zero. And I started doing my testing, and I arrived at 60 as my best setting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now I'm shooting sub-3-inch groups at 1,000. Same load, same everything. Only thing I changed right. was the tuner. Um Do they work? I don't know. Cut the group in half, you know, repeatedly. You know, like there's no. Again, I don't understand the statistics and probability and all that. All I know is, all I know is about probability is that if if I use my user my tuner properly, my probability of winning just went up. up. That's all I care about. Probability.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I did the same thing, right? I took one of your tuners um, and put it on. uh, a comp rifle, and I went to go. We didn't actually end up shooting because because it, it was foggy. Um, but same thing. Six Creedmoor, put the tuner on it. Um, uh, it's a fresh barrel. Got about 350 rounds through it, and I know the load's going to shoot. So it's a fantastic load. At where the combustion is dialed, and and everything's fine, right? And I took the thing from. It was like shooting .7.8 in kind of a vertically strung pattern, and within two or three settings. Boom, down to a one-hole group. And immediately after that, I cleaned a 600-yard KYL rack all the way down to a one-inch one inch target at the smallest smallest target. Yeah, yeah but
1: but did you shoot a 100-shot group?
0: I did not shoot a 100-shot group, That's Eric. the latest I thing that, not that I've been shoot a
1: shot group. getting messaged about. And I'm going to have uh, – what's his name? Mr. Quinlan on the podcast oh, as good, well. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, Jayden, good. we're going to talk – because, again – People message me about stuff all the time, which is great, right? Like I said, they look at me as an expert, mm-hmm. which is great. But at the same time, I'm I'm still learning, and I still want to learn. So instead of just crapping all over their analysis, I want to have a talk with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of common ground, right? Of
0: course, yeah.
1: But at the same time, there's a lot of things that we do. We can't do what they suggested that we do yep. because our barrel life is very precious, mm-hmm. And, and I know their, their argument is going to be like precisely why you should do this, right? You should not. And, and again, it, it, if it works,
0: does it really matter? Well, I mean, so there's there's obviously statistical analysis to do everything right. So um, we can look at that. And and But what I can say is the methods that I've used, um, even without a tuner, I mean, I, I can go – Validate a load and say, okay, this load shoots well. <clears throat> travel across the across the country, go to a completely new location, and within ten shots of that, at, at arriving in that new location, I can have my trajectory confirmed all the way out to like thirteen hundred yards, and the next two days shoot well enough at minute and a half angle targets, sometimes smaller, and win it. Yeah, like, yeah, I, we're hitting targets. I was we're hitting uh, targets.
1: Uh, this must have been the 2019 or so nationals. And my gun was—I was in, Col- in uh Ratone. It was my gun was not shooting good. It, it just wasn't right. And on the last day, uh, I got to shoot first in the morning, and uh, I thought, you know what? It's unlimited siders. I'm going to take that time to at least win one or two stages, right? Forget the championship. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use my tuner to during unlimited siders to tune my barrel. And I shot, you know, three or four shots, see how it did, and then turn the tuner. Do it again, turn the tuner, turn the tuner. Until I was satisfied, right? It's like, okay, that's as good as it's gonna get. It still wasn't amazing, but it's yeah. like mm-hmm. I shot a perfect score. I got a gold medal. With a barrel with a barrel that had not even came close to cleaning a target the whole week, and on the last right. day, because I turned a tuner, I uh, I get a gold medal, right? So, again, the gold medal tells me it works. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But it's it's, you, it's an amazing thing, man. It's it's uh, uh, it's it's uh, controversy is good. Uh, it is I good like because, it because it's you drive its development. Yeah, you challenge. Uh, Challenge people's beliefs, but uh, at the same time, this whole social media thing—you know—now there's a lot of people jumping on the, jumping on the, on the bandwagon of. I knew they didn't work, and you know, and, and all they have to do is align themselves with an expert like Brian Litz, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they're like, see, now we think the same. That means I'm right, and I'm right. I know better than everybody else, and, and it's like, exactly. no, that's not how it works. Uh, Brian, well, he can more than likely, he will admit that he's been wrong before. Mm -hmm. Right. If I asked him, have you ever been wrong? I'm a hundred percent sure he's going to say yes. And if I asked him, are you, is there a probability that you're wrong about this? He's going to say, yes, I am. It's, there's a possibility that I'm wrong. And if he Mm -hmm. asked me the same, I'm going to answer the same thing. Cause guess what? I also may be wrong, but I have 10 years, over 10 years worth of tuner data that tells me they work. Right. And, you know, that's just, uh, but again, you know, his, his, uh, his analysis and, and mine are different, right? I, I shoot mm-hmm. targets for competition where, you know, I, I can't, you know, this is over multiple barrels, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple barrels, multiple guns, multiple users. I mean, thousands of users that have used my tuners with success. And so th- the way I see it is this is one user that didn't have success. Well, the yeah. probabilities—if—if if you follow the probability model, it's—it's <laughs> uh, it's within the noise, right? So his <laughs> right. his analysis doesn't <laughs> matter. Now I'm joking, <laughs> right? I'm joking. I'm trying to use
0: a—it's the truth. Though. Uh, I'm trying it's to the use truth. their
1: ammo against them. But it, again, well, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with Mister Litz. Uh, I've known him for a very long time. He used to shoot Fles. Uh, have a lot of respect for him, but. Uh, I do want to talk to him, just like I want to talk to Mister Quinlan, and 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 have these conversations with people that are obviously way smarter than me, and I'm just a dumb trigger puller looking for small groups, and that has managed to somehow achieve them
0: mm-hmm. consistently. Well, there's, I mean, there's a reason that we're, there's a reason that we're having this discussion. There's a reason that you've been able to build the 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 second career that you have out of shooting, um, you're a subject matter expert, and people look to you for advice and they look to you for knowledge, and that's that's because you have a track record of lived experience to build up to build up to that point, and so you know you're, you and you know everybody's you got to understand that once you're when you're when you're doing anything that's that's pioneering anything you're always always going to have the haters. Oh yeah. And the haters are just a signal that you're that you're doing something right. Well that's what they do, right? That's yeah. that's their job. <laughs> Well, you know, you learn a little bit more about the psychological aspect of that. And and we say, okay, well, that's very actually like when you do learn that stuff, it's very, very easy to identify why and where all of that negative energy comes from. Yeah. And once you pretty, and then at that point, it just becomes noise. You're just like, I literally don't care. (laughs) I literally don't care. You know, some of the larger personalities, there's like, I never read the comments. I never read the comments. Yeah. don't ever read the comments yeah. that's what they all say and it's the truth because there's eight billion people on this giant spinning ball of rock hurling itself through space man but you know there's eight billion people on it do you want to know why they don't read the comments because they used to
1: and they yeah, they, they realize what they used in there. to they, they, they and they, they realize what this in is this.
0: this is not healthy for my this is not healthy for my brain nor is it healthy for my soul so i'm just going to say nobody you know has what? decided not
1: to read the comments Unless Without they have, reading
0: comments. unless they
1: have read the comments,
0: <laughs> for sure. You know, That's absolutely and I, great. I,
1: you know, uh, there's not a single video that I put out or or post or anything where it's not somebody in there going, this, you that, or the other, and I just laugh, yeah. and sometimes I just poke fun of them, and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I posted one about Jack Neary, who he's talking about uh, Mr. Campbell, he was tuning his rifle, and these guys tuned with two shots, like. Two shots, which is why I suggested when I do my tuners, like, do two shots. Because if those two shots are not close together, three or five or Chances are the third and fourth and fifth. So this comes from the benchers world, and even even, uh, I use it a lot, like two shots, right? But he's talking about how Mr. Campbell was two shots, and he was changing his seating depth. And for about 8,000s, six or 8,000s wide, he shot. Four groups into zeros in a row. They all look like one hole, and and uh, he said his friend called him up. Said Neri, we're in trouble. He just did this right, and Mr. Campbell goes on to win the two, three, and four gun aggregates at the nationals. That's aggregates for four different guns, right? That that means he is consistent. Like his stuff mm-hmm. is working amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Well. And somebody made a comment saying, you know, uh, I can't wait until we can figure out what makes these barrel shoot so good to where we all can just replicate it and shoot that good, right? And then the next comment was somebody saying, well, I can't wait until we understand probability and and, and group sampling. Pretty much he's saying that two shots is not enough. However, right. Mr. Campbell However, won the Nationals, won the – so – Right? Like, you have one yep. guy on the comment section saying that doesn't work. Yet, the guy he won the freaking well Nationals, win, right? by the four-gun yep. against the best freaking shooters in the world. Right? Yeah. So, again, probability tells you it shouldn't work, but somehow it does. Yep. And pro- I think Reality probability speaks probability otherwise. and experience are different. You know, probability is different depending on your level of experience. That's how I see it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a I could I could I could get behind that for sure, man.
1: But uh it's all good, man. Like I said, now this this whole tuner controversy, if anything, has brought the the tuner community closer together. Uh, I have yeah, I have a sure. lot of the the tuner manufacturers uh, reaching out, and and now we're 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 banded together against this common enemy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, man. I it's joke. Funny. I
1: joke. Uh, like I said, I, I have a lot of respect for Mister uh, Mister Brian Litz. So. Uh, He's done a lot for the shooting community, but for sure, uh, for
0: sure, you know, we just, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, yeah, right man, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I know, um, so we had, uh, Aaron on the podcast, um, obviously you, um, and we're also going to talk to, um, uh, Mr. Ted Courageous over at American Rifle Company. Uh, Ted is, Ted's been on, um, uh, he's been on, um, an interview with us and he talks about this, uh, from a couple years ago as well. And, uh, just from an engineering perspective and how, um, and how materials work and, and how sound travels through materials. And I, that stuff kind of fascinates me, uh, from the internal ballistic side of the house. And so I'm going to have a talk with Ted as well. Um, Ted's, you know, very, very well known for his, uh, for his headspace, if you will, in the industry, he's an extraordinarily smart guy, very talented engineer, and obviously an extremely talented machinist. Yeah. So, I, I uh,
1: um, so, so, uh, Brian posted on Facebook, you know, a couple of days ago about his uh, tuner finance, <clears> and it got pretty heated. And, it did. And it people very, instantaneously. Insta- yeah. And uh, uh, you know, people, you you messaged me about it, and and uh, I mean, I had I was doing a podcast, and uh, yours was the first one I read, and then I checked my messenger and my email. I mean, I had just f- flooded with with links to this one uh, mm-hmm. post that he made, and uh, I waited about a day. I I read everything about it, and I said, man, I don't, you know, I don't. There's nothing I can say that's going to be beneficial to either side. Exactly. right? Exactly. So all I did was like, so this is why people kept messaging me. You know, just kind of made a little joke. Like, kind of let them know that, hey, here I am. But here's what I noticed. Uh, Bart Sauter, who who has been on my podcast, current national champion, venturist, he, uh, you know how Litz had that deal where uh, he had a challenge to anybody that can prove to him that if uh, if a gun doesn't shoot at a hundred, it won't shoot farther out. Or a gun, mm. I guess. I guess the uh, the challenge was prove to me that a gun will shoot better at long range than at a close close range, right? Uh, and of course, he had no takers. What well, Bart Sauter said: "Hey, how about you offer the same deal to anybody that can prove that tuners do work?" Ah. Yeah. How, about, how about you do that? You know, because yeah. I know Bart's out is just itching to take his money. But uh, again, uh, but Bart's, he's a smart guy too, right? Bart's bullets. He makes bullets. Um, He says, I think the first thing, I think Brian said, yeah, that would be a good idea or something like that. But then Bart said, well, first we need to have a conversation as to what you think tuners do and see if I can prove that, right? Because that sure that matters, Right. Agreed, absolutely. And, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm just <clears throat> eager to see where this is going to go. And like I said, I'm just kind of enjoying the show, just watching from afar, uh, just the two sides colliding. Uh, but it's 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 great, right? Because
0: it's good. The the, the, the one gross. side
1: are slapping tuners on and getting smaller groups, and the other side is saying, "Yeah, but that doesn't work." Like, well, how am I getting smaller groups? So it's it's a pretty controversial topic, yeah. and it is, it's gonna. Man. I'm gonna. I'm willing. I'm I'm eager to see where it's going to go, and uh, I think at the end of the day, it's, I don't know, it's just going to blow over like anything else, and the guys that that are enjoying small groups are going to keep
0: shooting small groups. Indeed. Well, Eric, this was a fun this was a fun conversation, man. The this is a, the the two conversations that we've had recorded and and the couple of uh, you know, small interactions that we've had have been very enjoyable, man. I learned a lot from you. So, thank you for your time this morning. And um, we will uh, we're going to see how this saga unfolds. And um, it'll be interesting. So, uh, there's always a soap opera happening in the shooting oh, it's community fun. somewhere, it's fun. right? So, <clears throat> it's um, fun. It's fun. Tell everybody where they can find you, man.
1: Uh EricCortina.com, Eric with a K or ShootSmallGroups.com. That's my website. Come find me over there. Eric Cortina on YouTube, Instagram. Just you'll find me. Just Yeah, man. I'm out there. And uh and of course my podcast, uh, Believe the Target.
0: Believe the Target, for sure. If man. anything else,
1: believe the target. <laughs>
0: Indeed, indeed, it is the way, the truth, and the light. Yes, sir.
1: All right, man, I appreciate it, and I gotta have you yeah. back because we gotta talk about the the whole we, external ballistics. Yeah,
0: that, that's that's external another ballistics. that's another
1: thing that fascinates me. But good deal, man. Thank you. Take care. All right,
0: thank you.